This is a Woodside Church podcast. Morning, everyone. You know what? I'm so excited about today. I'm so excited about (coughs) the bank holiday weekend. I'm so excited to see you all. I'm so excited about the West Side that is begin. I'm so excited about the opportunity to preach today. I'm so excited about how we are growing. I'm so excited about how wonderfully you people are serving each other to grow and to mature and to get better. I'm so excited about the family feeling that we are growing into. I'm so excited about how in the morning when we set up and when we clear up, it's not just the person on the rotor, it's a whole family. Yeah? The wife, the children, everybody wants to come in. They want to come. Can I do something? Yeah, of course, come on. It's not about rotor, it's about family. I'm so excited about what God is doing amidst us. I'm in a haste to preach today. Yeah? Since this site since this West Tide has started, this has been in my heart. This has been in my heart. That's why I'm so excited about preaching today. That's what I'm so excited about. Um, this has been in my heart. I know this has been in many of your hearts, but I, maybe I'm the voice. I'm going to you know, pour it out today. This is something that uh, I feel is the inspiration, and this is the longing of God himself for all of us as a church, as a family, to be and to do amazing things for him. I have um, um, named or titled the preach or what's a, to, to put forward what is in my heart like this. This is who we are. This is who we are. Not that we don't know who we are. It's just a gentle reminder. It's just a gentle encouragement. A gentle refocus. Again, a gentle direction to remind ourselves and realign ourselves, renovate ourselves, refurbish ourselves, and just you know be focused and get on track and move even more and do even better. This is who we are. When Paul, the best passage that I could use for this is is um, when Paul, when he is thinking about the church in Ephesus. You know, when he's thinking about this, the moment, say, if Paul was sitting there and said, Ephesus, the church in Ephesus, he said, oh, that church, oh, that church, he's filled with two things. His heart is filled with thanksgiving to God. Oh, God, what an amazing work you have done among the church. What an amazing work you are doing amidst the people. The second thing is, his heart is pouring out Petition, a prayer out to God. God, I pray. I constantly pray. Not just one-off. Not just when I think about it, but I constantly pray. The moment I believe this is, it it is like a longing. It's a desire. Um, To say it, it's like, you know, the desire of a parent for their children. When you look at your children, you have a great expectation over them. You have a great desire for them. When you look at a coach, 
a football team coach, he has a great expectation over his team. I want my team winning the cup this time. I want my team excelling. I want my team doing. It's the same kind of longing and desire inspired by the Holy Spirit. This is what he writes in Ephesians uh, chapter 1, 16. When I think of you, Church of Ephesus, I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. This is all that he's asking. He's, he's asking for a great blessing over the church. He's asking for a great blessing, to be honest, even for us today. And this is something that we need to long and desire for. What? It's spiritual wisdom and insight so that we might grow in the knowledge of our God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those who call. Just imagine being in a dark room. Absolutely, there's no light. There's no light. Imagine being in a dark world. You can't see anything. You can't see anything. The only one color that you would see is black. You won't know where things are. Your eyes don't function. Eyes are there, but it doesn't function because there's no light. But imagine suddenly the light comes into the room. Imagine a wonderful, sunny, bright day. The light brings clarity. The light helps your eyes to function, to see things the way they are. Your eyes helps, the light helps our eyes to enjoy the beauty. That is by bringing in clarity. He said, let your heart be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called. His people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Church, he's talking about us. He's talking about you. He's talking about me. Who are we? We are his rich and glorious inheritance. You know what? I'm, I'm just trying to understand this, take it completely in into my life. What? Me? With all the flaws that I have? With all the rubbish things that I do? With all the time that I fall? With all the time, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pausing? With all, with all that what is going on within me? I am the rich and glorious inheritance of God. Of God. Just as Tim mentioned at the end, this is not something that you and I have done or worked for or deserved for. It is the work of God. Who sees us like this? You and I may not see us like this, but God sees us as a rich and glorious inheritance. Just imagine a richest person in the world, a richest person who's got all the wealth, all the power, who's supreme, writes the will. He writes the will in the right, all that belongs to me, all that is mine, now I write that this is going to belong to this person. The place where I come, this person, your name and my name is there. Your name and my name is there. This is not something that you have worked for. This is not something that you have earned. By grace, this is yours and mine. What? It is legally yours and mine. Can anyone talk against it? Can anyone reverse it? There's no terms and conditions. There's no any other verdict that could do or nullify the fact that is written there. This is yours. We are the rich and glorious inheritance. I pray that this will, we will sink into this. We will grow into this. We will realize this and know and grow. 
And also, he doesn't stop there. Not that we are just inheritance. We have something great. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. Who believe in him. It's not just that we are his inheritance. We have power. We have power. We are not weak. We have God's incredible, great, mighty power within us. It is not about whether you believe it or not, whether you understand it or not. This is the truth. This is the truth. What Paul wants you to do is, this is not something that you need to get from now on or do something and earn this in your life or you know you need to be better to receive something this is something already you and I have this is the mighty power of god he doesn't stop there he wants to explain uh, what do i mean by power what am i this is the power this is the power i'm going to read that this is the same mighty power that raised christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at god's right hand in the heavenly realms hallelujah Hallelujah. The power of resurrection lies in the elder of a church. Does that say that? The power of resurrection, the mighty power of God lies within the worship leader. Does that say that? No, it says in each and every one of us. Whether you believe it or not, this is how God sees you. This is how Paul sees us. This is how we need to look at ourselves. We have the power of resurrection, the power that overcame sin, the power that overcame weakness, the power that overcame death, the power that overcame Satan and the world, and he was raised up and he's seated, and this can never be reversed. This can never, this is not for a season, this is not a period of time, but this is forever. And that is the mighty power of God. And you know what? That power lies within me. That power lies within you. He doesn't stop there. It says, Ephesians 2, as you keep reading there, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. He's filled us. He's filled us. He has made us his inheritance. He has filled us with power. Not just to sit idle. Not just to just live our life like that. But to do good things which was created by God and which was planned by him for us to do. We have a great job description. We have a great job. We have a great calling. It is the calling of God. God himself has planned the good things, godly things for us to do. And that is why I call this preach, this is who we are. I would like to just make an illustration here. This is not my illustration. I learned it from another preacher. He did it. Can I have a drink of water, please? Can I have a drink of water? <clears throat> I'm sorry, I've been suffering from cold since last night. And uh, that's not the reason why I'm having water anyway. But just... Uh, um, I asked for a drink of water. Hanyo, stand here. Where, where are you going? I asked for a drink of water. You bought me a cup of water. I didn't ask for a cup of water. I want water. <laughs> he doesn't know that I'm going to say this. <laughs> 
this is my time, I can pick on him now. <laughs> I asked for water, drinking water, not a cup of water. It's okay. <laughs> he cannot bring it otherwise. He cannot bring water otherwise. I didn't ask for a cup of water. Some may have, if I ask someone, you might have brought a bottle of water. I didn't ask for a bottle of water. I want water. But this water cannot come just like that. It cannot be carried just like that. It needs a container. It needs a carrier. The cup is a container. The cup is a carrier. God has given life to this world. He needs a carrier, a container to be taken to this world. You and I are the container. You and I are the carrier. I've got a bottle here. I've got a bottle. This is a container. This is a carrier. I bought this um, um, Morrison's from Morrison's. They don't sell it anymore, so don't go looking for that. It's uh, um, £2.50. Okay? I bought it for £2.50 on an offer. Right. If I fill this water bottle with pure, clear, distilled mineral water, what would the price be? Just take a guess. Help me preach, please. Three pounds, good, two pounds fifty to three pounds. Okay, if I have a cloudy, pressed, um, not from concentrate, no artificial flavors, but true, from fruit, apple juice or orange juice, what would the price be? Four pounds? <laughs> Thank God you're not in marketing. <laughs> right, okay, no, but good. Yeah, the price definitely has increased because of what in there. Imagine I pour out a very expensive really rare perfume in there, fill it with it, what would the price be? 50 pounds, 100 pounds, whatever. Imagine I pour a very rare, mature, long-time seasoned, several-year seasoned wine in it. What would the price be? 200, no, 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 no. He never drinks, that's why he doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't know. Well, I've heard of so many things. There are wines up to 12,000 pounds. 10,000, you know, because of its quality, because of its taste and things like that. See, the value of the bottle, the carrier, the container keeps increasing with what goes in it. With what goes in it. You and I are a carrier. But we have a great and the most valuable, precious, powerful, amazing, wonderful thing within us. What is it? God himself. There's God himself. We are the carriers. I just want you to sink it in. I just want, or not just, it's just a long, I know this is, this is a reminder, but this is what Paul's longing. This is what God's longing himself. Now let us take it in, conceive and understand and realize that we are carriers of the presence of God. We are carriers of the power of God. And we are carriers of the purpose of God. Yeah? We are carriers of the presence of God. We are carriers of the power of God. We are carriers of the purpose of God. When it means that, when Paul writes this, or when the Bible, when the Holy Spirit is talking to us, when he's trying to help us understand this, he's not mentioning any age limit. He's not saying only the old people. He's not saying only the young people. He's not saying only the youth. He's not talking about how many years you've been in the church. It's not talking about whether you're sitting in the front row, like the elders are sitting there, 
and the worship leaders? Or you're sitting in the back row or there? No, it's talking about each and every one of us seated here. Each and every one of us. You and I are the carriers of the presence of God Almighty. We are the carriers of the power of God, the power of resurrection. You and I are the carriers of the purpose of God. And this is how God looks at us. Let's unpack each and every one. Time is just flying off. This is, uh, I would like to now, I can talk over an hour on this, yeah? But I'm not going to do that. He's laughing. (laughs) Right, okay. Um, We are the carriers of the presence of God. What Paul wants us to understand here is this. Let us be aware and be filled of the fact and the truth that we are the carriers of the presence of God. We are the carriers of the presence of God, not, when, not just when we come to church, not just when our, our name is on the rota to serve, not just that we come forward and do. No, we are the carriers of the presence of God as we go out while we are shopping, while we are driving, while we are talking to our husband, your husband, while you are talking to your wife, while you are talking to your children, while you're at work, while you're walking, while you're on holiday, wherever you are, having a nice time, chilling out, whatever you are doing, when you're going through tough times, hard times, when you're facing trouble, you are still the same carrier of the presence of God. You and I are the carrier. Paul wants us to be aware of it. Ephesians 1.16, he says, I'm going to read the same words. I pray for you constantly asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in the knowledge of God. Just understand that. Just be reminded of that constantly. Just be aware that you and I are, are just change the way you look at yourself. Don't believe the lies that has been told in your heart, in your mind, from all the people. Don't believe all what the other people are saying or trying to put you down with all the negative thoughts and all the things that is pulling you down. Don't believe the lies. Don't believe the lies of the Satan. Believe what God says. God looks at him and he says, you are a carrier of my presence. Be aware and be filled. Let's grow in it. Be filled even more. Let the bottle overflow. Secondly, be sensitive to the presence of God, knowing and understanding, being aware that you are a carrier of the presence of God. Let us be sensitive to the presence of God. Let us be sensitive to him. Let us be keen. We sometimes get a a picture or we, we get a misconception generally that in order for me to listen to God's voice or to get his direction or to hear his voice, I need to, you know, pray and fast for one week. I need to do this special thing. I need to give lots of offerings. I need to be like this. I need to have a special way of walking, talking, and, and lead a life like this. No! What we don't understand or what we don't realize, the Bible says he, God himself, the Holy Spirit himself, is keen in leading us, is keen in guiding us, is keen in helping us. He's so keen. You and I are his inheritance, so he wants to talk to us all the time. He wants to show us the way. He wants to lead us. He wants to support us. He wants to be with us. He wants to give us advice. He wants to tell us what to do, what not to do. He wants to tell us what would be good for us, what not, what what will not be good for us. He is keen in talking to us. Let us be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.25 says, Since we are living by the Spirit, 
Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life, not just in church life. It is so easy to follow the Spirit's leading in the church, isn't it? Isn't it? During the worship time, oh, I felt, I feel God saying this. It's so, I'm not, uh, that's really good, but it is also available to us all the time in every part of our life. When we do our business, when we go to school, when we are anywhere within our family, everywhere, we have this privilege of the Holy Spirit talking to us. Let us be sensitive. Finally, let's be responsive. Let's only hearing the voice of God, sensing what His leading is. Let us not sit there, yeah, Lord, yeah, I know. No. Let us be responsive. Let's, okay, Lord, you want me to do this? With my mind, when I see, this doesn't look good to me. This, um, I don't have a great feeling. But if you say so, I will obey. I put everything that I think or what I feel away. I, I give you priority. I'm sensitive to your voice. Let me be responsive and active in the presence of God. Next, we are carriers of the power of God. This mobile phone, this is a smartphone, yeah? I tell you guys, this is power. This is really powerful. Say, if I don't know anything, if I don't know something, sorry, not anything, something, if I need to know, I can just go onto Google, quickly type, and I get the information straight away. Yeah? If I have an address, I don't know how to get to a place, what I do, I put it on the maps. There's an app for uh, uh, maps, a navigation that takes me there. If I don't, if I have to transfer money, I have an app for a bank account. Yeah? I just quickly go in there. Just if I need to pass an information to someone who's living in some part of the world, I do it through this. This is power. Saying all that, don't think I'm propagating, I'm, I'm mobilizing for mobile phones. No. Power can be used, it can be misused. Power can be misused, especially kids and young people. Be careful. Be careful. Yeah? Okay, let's not go into that. This can be used. Some people having a wonderful latest smartphone, they use this for one reason, alarm. <laughs> alarm phone. That's the only thing I know to use. Alarm phone. I use this every day. How? I set the alarm. Every day I wake up because of this. Do you know you have this on that? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Do you understand? There's so much in it which which we don't know. This is, this is exactly what happens. We have the power of God, but we don't realize and we don't use it. What is this power? What is this power that we have received? Firstly, the power, the first moment we, we think of power is like, oh yes, now I'm going to go into the street and pray. you know what, I'm going to lay hands. Well, hang on, hang on. That is good. I'm not saying that's, that's bad. But the, firstly, the power is to transform me. Power is to overcome my weakness. Power to overcome my temptations. Power to live a life pleasing to God. We are carriers of the power of God. Be transformed. Philippians 2, 12, 13 says, Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, He's working in us, giving us the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He's given power to do what pleases him. You might think, I'm really struggling. I'm really struggling with temptation. I want to be like that. I want to do this. I want, but you know, it's hard. You can understand. Yes, we are all weak. Yes, that is true. 
Do you agree that you're all weak? But you should also agree with this fact, you have power. If you are agreeing that you are weak, you need to agree with what God is trying to tell you. You have power to overcome the weakness. You have power that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead and seated him on the right hand of the Father. Same power lies in you and me. We can overcome our weakness with the power of God. Be transformed. Obey God. Let's work hard in obeying God. Obeying God. Let's be keen and sensitive. Next, use this power to help someone else be transformed. God has not just given us power to contain, not just for ourselves, not to be selfish, but to use this power to help someone else in the church, outside the church, in the kingdom of God, in the world, to be transformed. You don't transform, I don't transform them, but it's the power of God, but I'm being a channel, I'm being uh, someone who's leading their focus onto God. You know what? God can transform you. God can help you focus on God. You are being an ambassador for Christ. Use the power to transform others. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us, each of us, which means each and every one of us seated here. Each and every one of you seated here, we all have received gifts and the power of God so we can help each other. Help each other. Tim just mentioned the announcement about the uh, group leadership, you know, a community group leader, 23rd. You're thinking of it. You want to go with it. You've talked about it. Even if you're here thinking and just wondering, oh, well, I'd like to do it. Maybe, come on, guys. You have the power of God to help you do this. If you're thinking, you want to know, just nothing wrong in just going and inquiring. Nothing wrong in just going forward. Don't hold yourself back thinking that I, I, I can feel something within me asking me to go for it, but mm, my thing. No, go for it. You have the power of God backing you and helping you transform. Can, we, can I ask a simple exercise to be done? Every single day, morning, when you get up, just, just ask God. God, help me today to at least encourage and help someone. It may be someone in your own family. It may be someone in your workplace. It may be someone in your school. It may be someone on the street. Someone I meet today. Just ask God, God, I want to help. I, I, I realize that your presence is with me. I realize and understand that you have given me power. I want to help someone today. Just make a prayer. Sometimes we may not be able to directly go and involve, but when you pray for someone, you're, you're praying in the name of Jesus, you're asking God, they will feel the power of God as you are praying. Every single day, can I encourage you every day just when you get up, God, help me. Start it within your family, start it from where you are, and then it'll start growing, you'll get better and better. Finally, be responsible. Be responsible with the power of God. Let your intentions be right. Having received the power of God, don't use it for your own name. Don't use it to become a big man or exercise dominion over a group of people. Oh, I'm the group leader now. I've been prayed for, so you need to do what I say. (laughs) You are like this. No. Let us be responsible. Let us be responsible. Let us be filled with the love of God, with the grace of God as we help each other. Let us be responsible with the power of God, that it would bring glory to God, that the focus will not come upon me, but on God. Yeah? Let's do that. 
We are the carriers of the power of God. Finally, we are the carriers of the purpose of God. When, when people wear the uniform, a, a policeman wears his uniform, he knows what he's going to do. He doesn't wear the uniform and goes to a petrol station and says, come on, I'm here to give you petrol. He doesn't go to a sandwich bar and think, I'm here to make you. Good morning. You're right. He's not there to make sandwich. No, he knows what his duties are. He's wearing a uniform. When somebody wears a nurse's uniform, there are plenty of nurses here. You go in. As soon as you wear that, I've seen my wife. You know, my wife is not a nurse, but as soon as she wears the uniform, the first thing goes, oh, the duty today, I need to do this, 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 this. I need to be on that. Immediately, the moment you wear the uniform, you get that feeling, don't you? For doctors, when you put the stethoscope like that, you know, just, just like that. You may not use it, but just put it like that. <laughs> when you put it like that, it's like, oh, what are the patients going to be like? What are the things? See, you are starting to focus on what you are called for, what your job role is. Similarly, let us wear the purpose of God, a uniform over us. We are the carriers of the purpose of God. You and I have a purpose wherever we are. You're working in this place because you have a purpose from God. You are in this family. You have this wife. You have this husband. You have these children. You have these parents. You have, you know, everything, friends and whatnot. Because you are the carriers of the purpose of God. There is a purpose in it. Let us align ourselves to the purpose of God. Let us be keen in aligning ourselves. You know the ruler? You know, that if you want to draw a straight line, there might be very artistic people who can just draw a straight line, but I can never do that. I can never do that. I need a ruler to draw a straight line. He says, what the worst, Hebrews 12, 1, 2 says is, Jesus is the ruler. Use him so that you can draw a straight line. Align with him. Go and touch the ruler. Don't just go. Having the ruler there, don't try to, you know, Will, you, will that be a straight line if you don't touch there? No, you need to align yourself. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race, that race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. He is a perfect, this perfect straight line. You try to draw with him, you can even close your eyes. Just start, yes, I'm touching. It'll be perfect because he is the initiator and the perfecter of our faith. Let us align ourselves with the purpose. of. Even as you're, you're thinking, what are your plans? What are your ambitions? What are you thinking of your future? What, is, what are you thinking about your children's future sitting here? It's good to have great ambitions. It's good to have great plans. I'm not against that, but... Let us align that with the purpose of God. How is this going to bring? A simple thing that I, I do, anything, any decision that I'm taking, anything that I'm looking into for my future, for anything for my family, one simple thing I just learned to ask is, how is this going to glorify God? How is this going to help me testify what God is doing? How is this going to help me? Simple, align ourselves to Jesus Christ. Renew our mind. I can again talk on this for long. Romans 12 2 says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. 
we need renewal of our mind. Our mind is like a sponge. It absorbs everything that it looks. You've got the eye gate, the ear gate, and the sense gate. Everything, TV, media, looking around friends, whatever happens, you know, everything can easily cling. It's like a magnet. It can just ping, 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 ping. But what is important is for us not to confirm to the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God, let God, let God, you know, squeeze the dirty water out and then be drenched in the pure, clear, living water into a new person by changing the way we think. God is working in that. He's transforming us to help us think in line with God's purposes. So be aligned. Renewal of our mind all the time. Finally, fulfill. Let us fulfill the purpose of God. We have a purpose of God, knowing that this is the purpose of God. So many people might have had prophecies over you, great words of encouragement over you. Just think, mm, let my time come. I think, you know, wait. come on, guys. It's time to step out. In faith, just step out. Lord, you have got this purpose. I want to fulfill it. I want to fulfill it. I want to align myself. I want to renew my mind the way you want me to think. I want to think like that, and I want to step out. I just want to step out. You know what? When we do this, when we live in this truth as carriers of the presence of God, carriers of the power of God, as carriers of the purpose of God, we are going to be like Peter and John who went to the temple and found a crippled man begging for alms. He wants alms. What did he want? Alms. So that his problem will be solved. His solution was alms. Give me alms. And then my problem is solved. But he says, Peter and John, he says, look into my eyes. You should read that passage. He says, look into my eyes. Just look at me. Silver and gold have I none. You're asking for this solution. You think this is the solution. Just imagine that's the world. The crippled man is the world. Yeah? You step out of this and that is the world. He says, look, look at my eyes. Silver and gold have I none. But what I have, I will give you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he, knelt, he got his hands, pulled him up, and then the miracle happened. He was no more crippled. What happens when you bring this presence of God, the power of God, and as you fulfill the purpose of God, you're not there as a solution to provide arms for someone to find food for the next day or two. You are there to cause a permanent solution. You are there to make them rise up and walk. You are there to bring a new identity. So long, this man was identified being at the temple court, sitting there, crippled. Everybody knew, oh, that crippled man. But now, he is here, walking and leaping and praising God. He said, even if I had to come to this position, somebody had to carry me. But because, in the name of Jesus, now that I am healed, I was looking for arms. But what I have received now, God himself, he has healed me. Now, I don't need anybody's help. I can walk. Peter and John just standing there. Come, job done, let's go to the next job. You see, this is you and me. This is what God has for you and me. We are the carriers of the presence of God, the power of God, the purpose of God. This is our heart's cry. This is so long. Just imagine our church as we step out, as we step out and we we totally get this understanding and we are sensitive to the spirit and walk out and fulfill the purpose of God. How beautiful, how wonderful. God is so pleased. Even as you're there, just, just stretch out your arms around the different parts of the world. Just stretch out your arms. Just, just close your eyes, stretch out. Just say, just say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. 
yes, the world needs us. The world needs you. God needs us to do, fulfill his purpose. Just say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Yes, 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 yes. We, we have, hallelujah, amen, amen. Shall your stand up, please? I'm really sorry. I've gone really, really, really wrong. Um, just, I just want to lead in a prayer. Just lead in a prayer. If you want, you can put your hands on your heart like that. Or if you want to pray this over someone, just put your arms around them as a family, husband, wife, children there. Father, Father, help each and every one of us to absolutely understand, sink in this truth and help us to look us at us the way you look at us. Lord, we are the carriers of the presence of God. We are your carriers, Lord. Our value comes to us because of you being in our life. We have immense power and this power is transforming me every day. And this power I will use to help people be transformed, to focus on you. Yes, Lord. And we have a purpose, Father. Thank you graciously, so mercifully. You have involved us. You have made us your inheritance and filled us with power and filled us with your purpose. Father, even as people are standing here at church, I pray this over the church in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus, that we will live a life that you want us to live. Yes. This is who we are, not because I'm saying this, not because of we are trying to agree with the point. No, this is because you are saying this to us, Father. And we take it in. We believe it. We walk in faith. We want to use it to bring glory to your name so that the ends of the earth will know your love and hear the good news, Father. Thank you, Lord. Work in me, work through me, and show me your purpose. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you all. God bless you all. You've been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.